Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws it back. Hot ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashan Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Fox win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today for episode 244. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. As far as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they finished the regular season with a 13-4 record, and uh, they pretty much break all the records on Sunday as they defeat the Carolina Panthers 41-17. Just a great game, man. Uh, we normally do our post-game podcast a couple hours, if not like an hour after the game ends, but I was in attendance last night, had some stuff I had to take care of after the game, so here we are. Happy Victory Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Evan, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Um, yeah, it was a it's a good game. Obviously, a little bit of a slow start. We'll uh, we'll have to uh, you know we'll get into it. We'll get into everything. We won't just talk about the game. We'll talk about a little bit about um, you know because now we do know the Bucks playoff opponent. We know what day they're playing and everything like that. So we'll get into a little bit there. Not too much because obviously we will have a game preview show um, coming out later this week. But yeah, excited to get ready. Yeah, man. And what a way for the Bucks to wrap up the year. As I mentioned, plenty of records to be broken. Uh, let's just start going down the list of some of the guys who stood out. Tom Brady, the quarterback, first and foremost. 29 for 37, 326 yards, three touchdowns. Tom Brady finishes this season with a career high in passing yards. He throws for over 5,000 yards. Becomes, I think, one of only two quarterbacks in NFL history to have multiple 5,000-yard seasons. So he sets a career-high passing yardage with the Bucks. 43 touchdowns on the season uh, to 12 interceptions, and I think we both can agree that half of those picks were probably flukes, but what a great way for Tom Brady to wrap up an MVP-caliber campaign, if you ask me. Just, you know, another great showing from, uh, from Brady. And it was good to see because he's working with, you know, some newer receivers out there. We'll talk in a second about... Mike Evans stepping up and being that guy. Rob Gronkowski was going crazy, but some other guys stepped up as well, too. And it was good to see Brady still be productive. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's um, it, it's it's really good. And uh, you're right about the the point you made when, when you said that this these are the guys, right? These are the guys that are going to be in these playoff games. Um, you know, like Chris Goward and Antonio Brown aren't walking through that door. 
So these are the guys, and they're not going to sign. Like, unless they have more injuries this coming week and they advance, then they, you might have to sign a receiver or two. But they're not going to sign any outside wide receiver to come in and play. So, like, like these are the guys. And uh, it was good to see them have success, even though uh, the slow starts, you know, have been there uh, the, the last, you know, the last little bit. So um, going to have to correct that, obviously. But it was nice to see the offense sort of get on a roll there and, you know, really, really be – pretty efficient you know you take away the first quarter um they they, they were pretty efficient uh, for the most part was it what was it 24 total points scored in that fourth quarter alone i mean it was an offensive uh, yeah, explosion like that. in that second half um hey but really quickly before we talk about some other standouts from this game got to give a shout out to uh buccaneers legend johnny lynch and the san francisco 49ers getting it done against the rams which means everything fell into place this weekend for the Buccaneers to officially be the two seed in the NFC, which we knew was going to be a process after their last loss. You knew they'd have to win out. Some other things would have to fall into place. And then San Fran would have to get it done against the Rams. They were able to do just that. And uh, after the game last night, actually, like before the game was even over on the Jumbotron, there were showing the San Fran in the LA game and like there's players on the field who are just stopping to watch the game like Blaine Gabbert's down there trying to call an offense and you've got the San Francisco game plan on top of them but it was an uh, it was an awesome atmosphere in the stadium last night you did get to see a little bit of Blaine Gabbert which again speaks to the uh, offensive production that Tom Brady was having glad that he didn't have to play four full quarters but while we are on the topic of Tom Brady we talked about the records he was setting how about the uh, incentives he was able to help everybody else out there get? Rob Gronkowski, the Buccaneers' leading receiver from yesterday. By the way, seven receptions, 137 yards for the big tight end. He got an extra million dollars on the season. He got a $500,000 bonus uh, once he hit his incentive. I believe it was catches on the year. Um, and then I think he hit another one for receiving yards. I'm not entirely sure what the categories were. But talking about TB12, there was a moment in yesterday's game where Bruce Arians told him to come off of the field, and he said, no, I, I need to get one more uh, one more pass to Big 87 over there so he can make some money. And then Brady came out of the game. And I'm sure there's a certain ex-wide receiver who feels a little bit bitter about everybody hitting their incentives yesterday, but that's what happens when Tom Brady's your quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was cool to see. I mean, Gronk probably would have got it either way. I'm sure they had a very similar play called with this Gabbard in, and right. I think Brady, Brady wanted to be the guy to throw the pass to him. Uh, he didn't reach all of his incentives, but the one was like a crazy one. I think he needed three touchdowns to, to reach his final incentive in that game. So that wasn't likely to happen. Um, but yeah, it was nice because I think he reached the incentive for catches and for yards. I yeah. believe those were the two. So yeah, a really good day. And then obviously, you know, Mike Evans had his bright spots as well. Yeah, man. We'll look at the rest of this receiver room. Some of the guys who stepped up, Mike Evans, six receptions, 89 yards and two touchdowns. I feel great about the two touchdowns. That second touchdown pass to Mike Evans had to have been, I think, the prettiest one he's caught all season. It was just, you know. A, nah, I, I, no? I think you got to say the one versus Buffalo on that rope. I just, Yeah, yeah that's true, too. I, I think you got to say that. Too. This one, one was a little slower pace. You know what I mean? Like, Evans was able to uh, basically get a break. I think it was a rookie corner he was going up against. I don't remember. Yeah, the, the, Panthers, the Panthers, no, to be fair, yeah, the Panthers – you know, the, the Eagles next week will have better corners than the Panthers did today. It's just, yeah. you know, Mike Evans has dominated them. But, yeah, yeah not, not a fair matchup there for that corner. But Mike got a step on him, ended up in the end zone. Brady just floats it right up on top over his head. And when Mike can barely turn around and just bring it in like that, those are the prettiest to me. 
Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav five zero to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Hell of a day for Mike Evans. I will tell you, though, he got that catch for a thousand yards and immediately was on the ground for an extended period of time. And when I tell you like that stadium, that was the quietest that stadium was the entire game. And it was very similar to 2020 where he gets his thousand yards the very next day. They try to force it to him in the ends or very next day, the very next play. They try to force it to him in the end zone. He comes down awkward on his knee. He's on the ground for an extended period of time. Luckily, that was not the case this week. He makes the catch. I guess his funny bone hit somebody's helmet and it like busted him open. So it was kind of a scary moment because he landed on the ground and he's looking at his hand and you can tell he's just trying to like grip something to see if he can get some feeling back in his hand because I know between you and me both, we have both in the past probably hit your funny bone so hard you had to reevaluate some life decisions, right? So I can only imagine what it would have felt like bouncing off of a 250-pound NFL player. So luckily, they were able to wrap him up. He came back into the game, which uh, I I wanted to get your two cents on, because before we started the show, we kind of talked about that, and I know you weren't the biggest fan of that decision. Yeah, yeah, it felt like it was unnecessary. Um, It was great that he got the two touchdowns. It seemed like it wasn't really something that was hampering him at all, the injury, but just an unnecessary risk to me. you know, it didn't feel like it was it needed to he needed to come back in the game. Um, but, you know, I'm, it's OK because it didn't seem like he was that injured. Right. Or else I really don't think he'd be out there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really don't. Um, contrary to pro- popular belief, uh, the Bucks do not send injured players out there when they notify them that yeah. they're injured. But yeah, believe it um, or not. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't know. In the situation, he got his thousand yards. I and, you know, he did it in a. You know, in a good way, but it was a it was a questionable way because you didn't know like what it was, right? Yeah, and yeah. maybe it was a funny bone. It it looked, you know, at first maybe it looked like a hand injury. Maybe I I thought he like dislocated. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And then I mean, if he did that, you know, he might have been able to play next week, but it would have been doing it in a lot of pain. Um, yeah. So I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have got him. You know, kept him in the game, but I'm not going to make a huge fuss over it. Hey, continuing our talk about records, though, really quickly for Mike Evans in particular, he breaks his own touchdown record for touchdowns in a single season. He sets a career high with 14. He had 13 after that first touchdown, stayed in the game, got the second one later on, and now has the record for the most receiving touchdowns in a single season in Bucks history. Not only that, Mike Evans is the top touchdown scorer in Buccaneers history. So he continues that streak. He drives that number up and he finishes the season with over a thousand yards and 14 touchdowns. What a year for big Mike as we get ready for the playoffs. Some other receivers who stepped up wanted to talk really quickly about this guy, Brashad Perryman. It wasn't a blockbuster day, five receptions for 44 yards. I, he had some pretty critical catches. There was uh there was one third down that he had to convert where he had to kind of make a move, get around a blocker. 
And I think after that, uh, no, maybe, maybe, okay, no, that wasn't him. That was a real Grayson actually who left the game, but Rashad yeah. Perryman made a catch, had to get around. A Perryman blocker. did get a little banged up on that, um, but he, he came back in the game. Yeah. Okay, great. Love to hear that. Uh, it, yeah. So that play that he got banged up on, it was a critical first down at the time. And then that beautiful sideline catch. I mean, mm. truthfully, the only thing I can uh, possibly compare it to is like that Tyler Johnson catch on the sideline in the saints game that we had talked about so much on the game preview last week, Rashad Perryman, he, he really showed up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great catch. Uh, it was a great throw. Um, yeah. It, you know, obviously I think, the Tyler Johnson catch was probably tougher, but I mean, still, I mean, that's a tough catch to be able to drag your feet like that and, and stay in bounds and, and be able to secure the ball um, to do all three things, get two feet down and secure the ball. You know, it's, uh, it's not easy. And it was a great throw, great catch. And really, I think really sparked them. I think that that play was really the the play that that play and the, and the Mike Evans play that got him down from, you know, about the 10 to midfield or so. Those were the two plays, I think, that really sparked this offense. Yeah, that Mike Evans play, by the way, we just talk about the day that he had to add this on. It was, I mean, it was a basic slant route. Brady hits him at the perfect time. Mike makes a move, cuts a guy in open space, runs 20 more yards down the field. To me, that stuff right there, like, that's vintage Mike Evans, in my opinion, because it's not like he's an open field burner, but if you can get, the ball to him on a designed route where you give him a little bit of space to work with. He can, he can run downfield. I mean, once you get all six foot five of them moving at full speed, he's probably going to be a pretty tough guy to slow down, but it was good to see that from big Mike really quickly on the receiving end of things. And then we'll talk about the run game. Le'Veon Bell about as efficient as you can get, I guess one reception, one yard, one touchdown for levy on bell it was nice to see him get in the end zone but uh it's also nice i guess to we didn't see him get any more than one catch but you know get him in the end zone is a is a good start and hopefully we can see a little bit of that as the playoffs grow closer i know the bucks are actually looking at some guys coming back at that running back position ronald jones still a possibility but leonard fournette expected to be good to go for next week's game against philly and then uh geo bernard his status kind of up in the air i'm curious what they end up doing with him have you heard anything about geo no, I haven't heard anything about him. Um, do you obviously, think? Do you think with the recent, you know, experience, the recent reps that Bell has, they're they're probably going to look at him as a more viable option this time of year? Maybe. I mean, I, I think it might include them. You know, not not rushing Geo back, right? I think. Yeah. I I think they prefer Geo, right? Geo is the better player, like he is. Um, there was a reason that Le'Veon Bell was kind of on the street and then got cut by the Ravens, and like, there's a reason for that. Um, but. Yeah, I think they don't want to rush him back. I think if they can get him back, they would put him back in there. Um, but I don't think they want to rush him back. So I, I think this, you know, Bell's production right now, specifically as a blocker, um, you know, you remember on that, I believe it might have, it was the Mike Evans, the one down the midfield. Le'Veon Bell had a fantastic yeah. block on that play. Um, so, yeah, he's been good. I mean, he, he's been solid as a third down guy. So uh, I just, I think Gio Bernard, if he's able to come back in, will come back in the lineup, but I don't think the Bucks want to rush him back. And the productivity of Le'Veon Bell just helps that. They don't need to rush him back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this run game. And and I think one of the bigger storylines that we talked about heading into this game was certain guys on this offense finding a role, like finding a place where they fit. It's a new wide receiver room. There's some guys who are going to be the odd man out. And uh, this next guy, 
is someone who we considered the odd man out for a long time, but he may have found a little bit of a niche in this offense here. The Buccaneers leading rusher in week 18 was uh, was not Sneak Vaughn, was not Le'Veon Bell, wasn't even Tom Brady. It was Scotty Scooter Miller, two carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, when you're averaging 26 yards per carry, you're probably doing something pretty efficient. And for uh, Scotty Miller, it was that beautiful end around play that he just executed to perfection, took it to the house. What a great play for Scotty. And I, I, I mean, I think, you know, an end around with Scotty Miller is something that plenty of fans had said, hey, we should probably consider this before. Yeah, I mean, it's something you've been clamoring for, right? For, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime. We Not necessarily with Scotty Miller. Yeah, just dude, it was. It, uh, listen, for the real OGs of the Can of Fire podcast, do you guys remember me pounding the table for a Deshaun Jackson end around? And then they finally yeah. did it, and it got him a first down. And it, was, it was a touchdown. Yeah. It was, a, it was versus God, Cleveland. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, you know, we th- yeah. that first drive against Buffalo, uh, we talked about I think the most efficient this offense has been was that opening drive, at least as far as like variety in your play calling, right? But that first drive, Mike Evans got a goddamn end around. Like he had his first career rushing attempt. Uh, but more play designs like that I think could be in the fold as the playoffs start to go here. And I'm glad that we got to see Scotty Miller is a little more than capable of being that guy. Now, is he going to break for 40 yards every single time? I doubt it, but it's good to see that he has the ability to do that and seeing him like break tackles, follow his blocks. That was, that was pretty exhilarating because everybody on that field was like twice his size. So I was very worried about what was going to happen as he, uh, you know, closed in on the end zone, but good for Scotty to, to be productive again. the, The stadium cheered pretty loud when, when Scotty Miller got that touchdown. I think that was probably the loudest they were all day. Yeah, and I mean, at that point, that touchdown didn't even matter. Yeah, like, garbage the game time. was already the game was in hand. Like Blaine Gabbert was in, I think, right? Tom yeah. Brady didn't hand yeah. that ball off. Yeah, it was Blaine Gabbert. So yeah, the the game was already over. Uh, yeah, it was good for, for good for Scotty. Maybe that gives him some confidence. They ran it again and they got a first down. So, do I love running it there? Maybe not because that might be something I'd want to maybe stash for the playoffs. Yeah, because now now you've put that on tape. So, I mean, do I love it there? No, not necessarily. I like the touchdown one. I don't know if you need to do it again, though. I don't know right, if you need yeah, to do it three yeah. times. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it, it was good to see him there. Good to see him get in the end zone. Like I said, maybe that gives them some confidence because they're going to need all hands on deck, really, no, no matter who it is, especially if Surreal Grayson can't go, which, you know, he got injured, a hamstring injury. His, you know, Bruce Arians said in his press conference a little bit ago that, you know, he's – it's not as severe as they originally thought, but it sounds like his status is going to be in question. So I don't know. I doubt he plays, honestly. So um, they might need a guy like Scotty Moore to step up. Who knows? And it's nice to see him get that confidence and get in the end zone there. Oh, yeah. The other running back for the day, Sneak, Keyshawn Vaughn. 10 carries, 29 yards, and a touchdown. He did get that touchdown right in front of me, which was nice. But, you know, we talked about how it was going to be a little bit of an increased role for Vaughn this week. I mean, 10 carries, it is what it is, but I I'm okay with it, right? Like like what did what did you what did you expect, especially if they only gave him 10 carries? Yeah, um it was very pedestrian, but it was, he got the job done, yeah. right? Oh yeah. He he put he some points on job. the board. Yeah, and he also he he threw that Brady threw him a pass. He caught it, mm-hmm. right? He he caught the ball. Very similar. If you remember the Chargers game, when yeah. he scored that touchdown. That was a very similar play. Um, but yeah, he looked fine. Like ten carries for for twenty nine yards, two point nine yards per carry. Nothing spectacular. Like you know, that's below average pretty much. But you know, if he can 
if he can catch the ball consistently, right, when they ask him to. Now, unfortunately, like we talked about in the game preview show, and you were the one that brought it up first, this is probably the last time you're going to see Keyshawn, but hopefully <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn, right, for a little bit now. Right. with Leonard Fournette potentially most likely coming back. I don't know how much you're going to see Keyshawn Vaughn at this point. So. I, I mean, if, if Keyshawn Vaughn's getting 10 carries in a playoff game, something went wrong, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think. Or, I mean, if the Bucks are up big, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, you know, you know let, it, let it look like a preseason game at the end of it. That's that's what it looked like against Carolina. You know, it was, it was again, Scotty Miller on end arounds, Blaine Gabbard out there handing the ball off. Keyshawn, Kenyon Barner came in the game, actually. I didn't even write yeah, him down yeah, as far did. as rushing stats go, but. I looked down at the field and I saw number 38 getting up off of the ground. And I was like, who the hell is that? Cause you know, when you're watching the game in person, sometimes towards the end of a game like that, you can, you can get a little checked out. So once I started seeing some personnel swaps, I was like, okay, let me, let me jump on the Twitter verse really quickly. But yeah, everybody got involved last night, but as far as like playoffs go, you know, I guess it just depends on the situation, but nine times out of 10, if I see Keyshawn Vaughn as 10 carries, I'm thinking somebody got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and hopefully you know, we still don't know about Ronald Jones. Um, don't know about his status. So you could see Vaughn a little bit, but if Ornette comes back, I would expect him to be the guy pretty much. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, Vaughn, you know, Vaughn, uh, you know, he ended the year on a strong note, right? Uh, had a rough game in the Saints game, just a, a brutal game. Um, Who and then true that is true that's a good point um and then you know finish it off with some you know he was good in the first carolina game and he was pedestrian these last two games but you know he didn't really screw up there wasn't many times where he said oh that's his fault he's got to do that you know there was a few times but not as much and that shows progress i think so i mean obviously i still don't know with like i said we brought it up with all like Keyshawn vaughn's the only running back on under contract for next season don't know if i have that much faith in him but um you know i think he's earned a spot on the roster i just i just still don't know if you can put your trust in him as the guy who's going to be your lead back or even your second back like your third down guy i still think they need to figure that out but as far as vaughn goes personally like he stepped up when he's needed to and done the not spectacular but he's gotten the job done well hey well i'll tell you Hearing you of all people say that he has earned a spot on the roster is is a lot more credit than I yeah, thought you I were going to give him, especially this yeah. time, you know, a year ago. <laughs> the back, back to the beginning of the season, the conversations yeah. we were having about Keyshawn Vaughn were definitely a little bit of a different tone. But I'm, I'm hey, I'm glad he's getting credit, right? Like you said, he's putting some good film together. You got to love that he went out there, did his job, didn't screw up. Like the last few times I saw him on the field, it was good to see that. I don't have to remember back to a fumble that almost cost the team or, you know, just a, a missed block. Like, you know, he, he definitely has been serviceable. So that's good to see for a young guy, a third round draft pick by this franchise. Uh, good to see him out there producing. Let's talk about the defense before we dive into the playoffs really quickly. I just wanted to recap what these guys were able to do against the Carolina Panthers. Seven sacks in total the first time they played the Panthers. It wasn't quite seven sacks, but I will tell you after a little bit of a slow start, this defense was pretty productive as well. You got a handful of turnovers in this one, which you love to see. But let's talk about this slow start really quickly. What do you think was the biggest issue for the Bucks defense in the first quarter? Because it seemed like Carolina pretty early had a lot of success running the ball. And a lot of the plays that were moving the ball down the field for them were short, quick passes, runs to the outside, you know, spreading this defense out 
and just kind of taking advantage. Something that I know uh, coordinator Wanish over here has discussed before in a how-to guide of beating the Bucks defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely got to get better at it. Uh, even I think Bruce Arians acknowledged it today that they haven't been good enough on the outside runs. Like, mm-hmm. like they 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 haven't been setting the edge well enough, and um, not having Levante David definitely hurts. Not having Shaq Barrett, J.C. Pierre Paul definitely hurts. So, if they get all three of those guys back, I expect it to be better. Um, but I mean, the Panthers to start off, a lot of it was luck man like a lot of it was luck on the panthers part sam darnold gets blasted just throws the ball up in the air and it's caught by dj Moore. um <laughs> there was another time where it happened again i was like okay like are you serious yeah um it's like it's gonna be one of those but um yeah it, it's it's really um it's nice to see him bounce back but you gotta have a better start uh, you don't want carolina just march right down the field where they take seven minutes and score a touchdown right it's that wasn't really acceptable especially an offense like carolina's but um i i think the run defense it's tough for me to you know to me i going into the playoffs i would be more concerned and this may sound a little crazy but i would be more concerned about the offense because the offense is really only getting leonard fournette back yeah right it's not like the offense is getting Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown or any of the other guys back. They're only getting one guy back. Leonard Fournette, defense, Gio Bernard. Those are your guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, and Surreal Grayson, sure. Like, Surreal Grayson, Surreal Grayson. <laughs> um, but the defense has, is getting could be getting back some of their best players. So, you know, the defense's struggles – a lot of, you know, thing I put on, like, yeah, they're, they're missing three starters. Like, that's what happens when you're missing three starters. It looks like a team that's missing the three starters and probably two of their top five best players on defense and Shaq Barrett and Levante David. So, um, yeah, as long as those guys are back, I think the defense will play a bit better. However, they still got to get it cleaned up. Even when those guys were in, they, teams are still able to have some success running on the outside, doing the quick, quick passes. And guess what Philly's going to do? Like, guess what Philly or any team for that matter is going to do against you in the playoffs. They're going to try to expose your weakness. And right now the Bucks got to get that corrected. Oh, yeah. I will say my biggest takeaway from the defense this week, we did talk about the slow start, but given the starters who they're missing, given the guys who were not out there, they were still able to come together, make some plays, save this game at times. I mean, you know, Carolina had the lead for the first half, first quarter, it, it never felt like this game was out of reach. There's been quite a few times this year where the Bucks were behind and you kind of definitely know they're going to win. You just don't know when it's going to happen. But I thought the uh, the turnaround on defense this week really started with the fourth and goal stand. Um, Par- uh, Carolina was all the way down in the red zone. I mean, they were at the two-yard line, one-yard line. They brought out the chain crew every single time they would run the ball and go nowhere. Ends up with a fourth and goal stand. The offense took the ball, wasn't able to do yeah, very much with it. It's not like it's not like the Panthers have Cam Newton or anything to do that. But yeah, right. I mean, very, very, uh, very questionable. That's Matt Rule. Hey, speaking of Cam Newton, man, yeah, it good, felt... good thing Matt Rule's back in Carolina, huh? <laughs> I uh, for the first time as a Bucks fan, I got to to boo Cam Newton in person, and I got to tell you, that was a great that was a great feeling. We got to saw him run onto the field. He was on the field for one total snap in that game and uh he was booed off of the field as he left like they they announced that now when at quarterback for carolina number one cam newton and that place booed 
I mean, booed like louder than when the Panthers first hit the field. And then uh, as he left the field, he was booed. And as he ran into the tunnel after losing 41 to 17 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we booed him again. That was that was a good feeling. That was the first time I got to experience that as a Bucs fan. And the fact that he's playing in Carolina, his days might be numbered there, but it, it was good for me to finally do that. Things come full circle, right? So that was that was a great personal experience with me. But a couple of other guys who stepped up on this defense. Anthony Nelson, I, I thought, had another pretty good game. Ended up with a sack this week. I think he has five on the season, so that'll wrap up his regular season total. But what a second half of the season for uh, for A. Nelly out there. Big number 98 getting the job done with, you know, shorthanded and outside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, you, you can make an argument he's been better than Jotron Schwinka this year. Um, that, yeah, yeah, he's been really good. Uh, and, and the progression that you've seen from him as pa- you know, pass rushing-wise, he's always been a solid run defender. Um, and he was at college, too, at Iowa. And, and you know, I think the Bucks were hoping that this would kind of – happen i think the bucks were the bucks now obviously never expect them to be this dynamic pass rusher but if you can get four or five sacks out of him every year yeah that's a good player that's a good pick right i, I mean you know that's a solid he's not gonna be a starter but that, that's a solid depth pick there um you know and hopefully he continues it but yeah definitely a good start for anthony nelson he's a guy who's earned it too Oh, yeah. Andrew Adams also made a play that interception late in the game off of Sam Darnold. What was cool about the seats that I was sitting in, uh, shout out to Bree D, one of our Super Chat donors, who just so happens to be my significant other. She bought me tickets to this game, uh, and she bought me I, – I didn't think it was going to be the best seat in the house, but it's truly one of the most unique ways I have ever watched a football game. Um, I was three rows behind – the field goal post in the, in the end zone with the pirate ship. Like I was boom right there in the middle of the field goal post. If you guys go back and watch the game, any, any kick that's going to that side of the stadium, I had my big goofy hat on and I was usually doing something to where I could, you know, try and look back and remember where I was. But um, one of the coolest things about sitting there was like watching plays develop at a different angle. Like you weren't quite eye level with the players, but it seemed like as close to eye level as you can get inside that entire stadium. Like when, when Tom Brady and the bucks were coming towards us, when Brady was in the red zone, like from 10 yards out, I could literally see his eyeballs going through his reads. <laughs> like that was effing dope, man. But that Andrew Adams interception, that was cool to watch because literally five yards off of his break, I got to watch him run that route better than the receiver and just jump in front of it. Like I knew about 10 seconds before it happened. I'm like, oh, that's a pick. Like he's reading Darnold the whole way, ran the route, cut inside, and he's gone. Great yeah, play Rob, by Andrew. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Robbie Anderson ran. I don't know what the route <laughs> he was running. He, he ran the wrong route. I mean, I, obviously you couldn't see it on the broadcast, mm-hmm. but Sam Darnold had this look of like bewilderment. Um, like on, on his face, or I should say you couldn't see it live there. You saw it on the broadcast, like he, the whole time he just looked like so confused. Yeah. Robbie Anderson. Yeah. I don't know what that dude. And did you see him? Um, it was the, he was, was, he, was first, seeing, he was seeing the first and 20. Too. It was a first and 20. And then they, he caught the ball. It was a second and seven. He points to the first down. Like yeah. is that all this dude yeah, does. That's, like, yeah. That's what Robbie Anderson does. It's funny. Cause they made, you know, they made memes out of him last time these teams play because the scoreboard says 32 to six and he's on the buck sideline doing his, you know, his celebration. Cause he just got a first down. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe he knows that his days in, uh, I, I don't know. Are his days in Carolina 
numbered? No, I feel like I they mean, just I signed think, him, didn't think, they? Yeah, he's got another year on his deal. Yeah, I they think. just re-signed. DJ Moore's a free agent, though. So No, he's not. I, what? No, no, he's not a free agent. Nope. I thought it was time already for him to be a free agent. Nope. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. I think he's maybe a free agent next year. He's a good player. Like, he, he is a great good. player. He is a great player. Um, Hated to see yeah, him go down a... in the end zone the way that he did. Yeah, yeah. Was was that right in front of you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It was a pretty good angle of that then. Yeah, it was. A, it was a pretty. You, you had a really good, you had was... a good angle of that Robbie Anderson touchdown then, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Which I know a lot of people were were hating on and Sean Murphy bunting. What more do you want to do? Um, I mean, to me, that's you got to give some credit to an opponent every now and then. Right. And that's just that was a great throw and a great catch. I mean, I without interfering with him and drawing the flag, I don't know how else you want Murphy bunting to play that. Yeah. And and speaking of flags, I thought the Bucks also played a relatively clean game yesterday. Yeah. I think I think only two wasn't penalties. many flags on, on both teams, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Altogether it was a pretty good, efficient game. And uh the Buccaneers come out victorious, just absolutely killing these guys. Forty one to seventeen. So they get the sweep on the regular season of not only the Carolina Panthers, but the Atlanta Falcons for two years yeah. in a row. They have yeah. swept those teams. So that that is a good feeling considering, you know, what the other team in the division usually does to us. So the fact that we can run the table with everybody else is is usually a pretty good feeling. And the, part of the, the reason why the, the Bucks, Bucks are NFC South champs. The Bucks had two penalties. The Panthers had one. So, yeah. Yeah, They're two very, penalties uh, for, I think, like 10 yards, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a lot. And then, yeah, the Panthers had one, and that was the, the holding call. So The other turnover I forgot to mention before we talk about this playoff matchup this week, uh, forced fumble earlier in the game, which I think was a little more of a key moment and probably the biggest turning point of this game. I don't remember who knocked it out, but Sam Darnold kind of muffed the snap, muffed the handoff, and then went to run up the gut. Ball bounces out 10 yards downfield, and uh, who else but Antoine Winfield Jr. there to scoop it up for Tampa Bay and give the Buccaneers the ball. And I believe they were able to get some points off of that one. So that was a big deal. Yeah, I think was that the, no, I think, yeah, I think was... they, they kicked the field goal. I think they they kicked the field okay. goal. Well, I mean, um, any, any points to, to make point. it, to make it 34. Yeah. Um, that, that's when Tom Brady, I think came back on. Mm -hmm. I think that was when he came back on. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, and also I think, believe Ryan Suckup seems to be okay. I know there's some concern because he had slipped mm. uh, on the, the one field goal, which obviously would have been good, but he didn't have enough leg um, because the accuracy was there, but oh, he yeah. slipped. So uh, I, Bruce Aaron, I don't believe Bruce Aaron mentioned anything. So it appears that, that, that he's all, he's all good to go. Really quickly in the live chat, before we talk about the playoff matchup this week, Pat Riley says, uh, uh, if I coach the Panthers, I would move Christian McCaffrey to quarterback and then create a dual threat with my best player. Keep Donald as a backup, and then I would win 2022 Coach of the Year. <laughs> do, do you know if 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 McCaffrey can throw the football or not? Yeah, or? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Have you seen what they're doing in New Orleans? Yeah, I mean, true. I mean, I, you know, shout out to the 49ers, I guess. Not only did that lock the Bucks into the two seed, that ensured that New Orleans did not make the playoffs. So, yeah. Uh, Buck, what you heard, our buddy Gene checking in says, do you remember when VH3 celebrated on an overthrown football? That's, I mean, that's what all, NFL. All, yeah, I, I, what, I don't like I don't like Vern Hargraves, but his corners <laughs> do that all the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, high school corners will do that. You know, the ball will be overthrown 20 yards downfield. And I do think they kind of do it for, for a joke, honestly. Yeah. Think, like they know. Maybe I, I hope it's like an inside joke. I like David Cardona's suggestion. What do you say? That's a good one. Coach Wanish for Coach of the Year, not going to lie. We're going to need a lot, lot more of those press conferences, though. We're gonna I, know, to... I know. I <laughs> know. 
know, um, it's, it's tough. So let's go ahead and talk about the playoffs. My, my media availability isn't as open as other guys. Sorry, that is, that is true. I can't do that. I mean, it, we also have conflicting schedules because I, I made a joke as as the podcast started today. You and I always seem to go live whenever the Bucks have their press conferences. <laughs> yeah, so how am I supposed to have my press conference? Yeah. When I'm, you know, it, well, it's, it's tough. tough. You know what I mean? The, the, the Tampa Bay media is going to have to choose to either watch Coach Wanish his press conference, his his hour long press conference, most the of the one time. that matters, right? Or they're gonna have to watch Bruce Arians, the which, other guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> the playoffs are here, man. The regular season is over. This is our first podcast officially of playoff season, and uh, the Buccaneers getting the two seed have earned themselves back to back home playoff games, which is obviously the best case scenario when you're gonna have to play wild card weekend and the one seed runs through Lambeau. You want to stay away from Lambeau as long as you can, and staying in Tampa Bay where it is nice and warm is a great way to do that. But the first-round matchup has been set next Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, Stan- Eastern Standard Time. From Raymond James Stadium, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that they have already played in the regular season. And the last time these two teams met in the playoffs, Rondé Barber sent the Bucs to the Super Bowl. That's right. Our buddy, um, our buddy Kevin522. One of the moderators, by the way, at the beginning of the stream, he said, Evan, you know, we know you're a Closet Birds fan, so you've got to be pretty hyped up about this week's matchup. Yeah, I think he used the word giddy. So. Oh, yeah, 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 giddy. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously these two teams did play each other, but I would argue that both these teams are in different spots, yeah. right? Um, you know, the Eagles are in a much different spot. Their defense has been better. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts has gotten a little bit more comfortable. Their run games really opened up, but the Bucks also in that game they didn't have Rob Gronkowski, who they're going to have now. Um, they didn't have Antoine Winfield, who they're going to have now. They didn't have Carlton Davis or Sean Murphy Bunting, which they're going to have now. And also Richard Sherman got injured in that game as well and did not return. So, um, but the big one they had Chris Godwin, they had Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown actually had one of his best games against the Eagles. Um, so there, there's two losses there though, that, that they, you know, they're, they're not going to account for. And the Bucks also didn't have Levante David, which they, they may have Levante David. They may not, we don't know yet, but, um, yeah, it seems yeah, like I, I think as far ahead. as guys returning really quickly, sorry to interrupt you, but Bruce yeah. Arians actually confirmed today that everybody is pretty much on track to be back. Levante David's still kind of, you know, the biggest wild card there, but everybody else that we have mentioned mm-hmm. should be good to go. Yeah, yeah. So, Surreal Grayson probably won't play. But, yeah, it, it sounds like Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, Leonard Fournette, those three uh, should be fine, it sounds like, from Bruce Arians. And, um, yeah, it's it sounds like they'll be good. And also, Jamel Dean it said they don't really know, but I, it doesn't seem like it's it's too serious either. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. The injury report comes out. Obviously, obviously they're not they're – not, um, practicing today but uh yeah like i said both these teams are in different spots uh, and it'll be very interesting to see i think the bucks are naturally a better home team right than yeah. they are a, a road team but uh the, the the eagles have been better on the road too uh recently so um yeah i mean i'm not we're not going to talk too much about it because we we have a whole you know game preview show to do that uh but uh yeah an interesting matchup and a blast from the past kind of these two teams have not played in the playoffs since that nfc championship game obviously the eagles have made the playoffs a bunch of times the bucks only made it three other times after that so not many opportunities but still um yeah nice little nice little blast from the past and 
it seems like every time these teams played in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was always in Philly in the playoffs. Now this time it's finally in Tampa. So maybe it, uh, you know, it, it, it um, gets, you know, the reverse kind of, right? Philly, yeah. besides the SEC championship game, Philly dominated Tampa and Philly. Now hopefully Tampa can really take it back and, um, you know, and dominate them. Oh, yeah. And as far as, you know, this game in particular goes, luckily the schedule makers gave the Bucks mercy. They didn't give them a Monday game or any of the late window games. Sunday at one o'clock, I think, is the best time slot you could have gotten for the Bucks. Yeah. It's it's probably going to be warm outside. I, I mean, hell, I was looking at the weather last night and the coldest Just day big. that the coldest day that we have this week, Evan, the high is 68 degrees. That's the That's coldest. I thought, I, I thought that was. Yeah, that was supposed to be. I'm, I'm going to look at my, but I mean, even right when now. you're inside Raymond James stadium, it could be 65 degrees outside and sunny. You're still going to be sweating your ass off. And if you're down yeah. there on the field with the humidity, I mean, it is way hotter on that field than it is outside the stadium. So luckily for the bucks, they can also use that to, uh, to their advantage. That's the great part of playing in Tampa is that you learn to play around the heat with the heat. So you better believe that if the Eagles show up thinking that they're just going to wear green jerseys or black jerseys, you know, it's going to be a, a pretty humid day for them. And obviously in the playoffs, you're looking for any advantage you can get. Yeah. So right now my weather app says Sunday, supposed to be 63 and partly cloudy. So a little mm. chillier for, for Tampa. It, it'll, standards. it'll change. It'll change. Um, there was, there was but, a 50% uh, chance of rain when I was walking I know, into yeah. the stadium and it said the low was going to be like 54 degrees. My ass, dude. I brought a hoodie um, in my truck. And by the time I left the game, I was sweating by the time, you know, I got done walking from the stadium. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, like I said, we we have a whole whole pod to talk about it, but um, yeah, it's a it's a nice little classic matchup. And like you said, with the two seed now, the only time the Bucks are gonna be heading to Green Bay is to play the NFC Championship game. So that is a, a big bonus there uh, that they were able to land that two seed. Um, and like I said, they're a different team at home. So uh, the scenario is basically the Bucks are are the two. They're playing the seven, I believe. The Cowboys are the three, and they're playing the six. The Rams are the four playing the five Arizona Cardinals. So you could see, you know, the winner of that four slash five matchup head to Tampa. Maybe one of them goes. It all depends. You know what? We'll the wait and see. Really? Um, you said it's um, sorry. Say it again. You said it was Rams and Cardinals. Rams and Cardinals. Yeah. Oh, come on, Arizona. Right. Yeah, I mean, right, we, we talked right. before about some of the teams the Bucks are going to want to stay away from in the playoffs. And I know. Playing at home is a much bigger deal in the playoffs, but this is still a Rams team that beat the Bucks at home in 2020, and uh, they beat the Bucks pretty handily in Week Three as well. So it's definitely a team you want to stay away from matchup wise. So looking for the Cardinals to come to town on that one. I did have one more quick question for you though. We talked about yeah, but also you know you might need the 49ers to win at that point because if if the Cardinals beat the Rams, if the Cardinals beat the Rams, the Cardinals would head to Green Bay. Uh, while the Bucks would probably play the Cowboys, at oh. home, which is the Bucks, the Bucks have beaten the Cowboys at home, obviously. But um, you know that was Week One, and the Bucks yeah. had a relatively healthy team, and now they're not as healthy. So um, you know we'll, we'll definitely see. But uh, yeah, we will have to wait and see what happens. Dak Prescott, by the way, has been playing like a man possessed these past couple weeks of the season. Five touchdowns yeah, after no after picks. the after the the slow start. Yeah, no. he had a slowed a little run there, like well, around weeks like thirteen to fifteen or so. It was kind of like yeah. The yeah. defense was kind of carrying him, but now he's starting to turn it back up. So, oh yeah, man, definitely a lot of interesting playoff matchups. One more question about this guy before we start to wrap things up here. Uh, cornerback Jamel Dean, we we failed to mention he left the game Sunday night yeah. with a hamstring injury. His status kind of up in the air for the playoffs as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's you know we don't know yet right it's a little too early um and uh yeah he obviously i don't believe he returned at all uh hopefully you get him back uh but he was i mean he's been good this year he, he's been the bucks probably the bucks best corner because honestly i mean it would be overall it's carlton davis i think right i don't think there's much debate there but this time, like he, he's been the Bucks' best corner so far this season. He's played the most. And he's played the best. On so, top of that, after a, after a pretty slow start too. Like I remember mm-hmm, those first yeah. three four weeks of the season when it came down to hey, you're gonna have to lean on Jamel Dean for a little while. People thought we were doomed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Tony says he's so glad that the Bucks didn't get the Monday Night Football game. I knew that wasn't gonna happen because. I knew that any team that played on Saturday, Kansas City, Dallas, and Philly, I knew they were not going to give them a, a, the Monday game because that would be too much rest. Uh, that would be that would be too much rest. So, um, yeah, I, I knew that they would not that they weren't going to to give them that that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice that it's at one p.m. kind of because yes, it's a playoff game, but there's there's not as much theatrics in a 1 p.m. game, right? It's, we talk about, and I know this team has been better on primetime, but we talk about sometimes how this team can sometimes underwhelm when they're in the, the big spotlight, hey, right? I, I will say, this is, this is a topic we're definitely going to revisit once it's all said and done on the season review show, but I think that that mentality, or I don't even know if it's a mentality, but that persona that the Bucks had of just playing like garbage on primetime in 2020, I do think we saw that, uh, oh, swept, it's changed. Yeah, swept under the rug a little bit in twenty one. It's changed. Well, I mean, what they've they've lost one primetime game, right? I think they went four and one this year in primetime. Yeah, they that lost to the, Saints. to the Saints. Yeah, yeah. I believe that they beat the Patriots. They beat this this Eagles team. They beat the Cowboys, and then they beat the Giants. So, um, and they've had a bunch of games that are nationally televised too, like the Bills. You know, the Panthers one yesterday was nationally televised. So, um, yeah, they, they've done a better job, but. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And like I said, it's all about the injury reports, right? I think the injury yeah. reports, especially for Tampa this week, are going to be a big thing. And uh, we're going to be keeping an eye out for it. And we'll have a game preview, plus a bunch of other content for you guys is out you know, soon and th- this week. And we're excited for the game on Sunday. We'll be there for a post game, whether it's a win or a loss, or it's either going to be, you know, the Bucks are moving on or the season's over. So we'll have plenty to talk about either way. Man, oh man, I, I really hope they do not get bounced in the first round by the Philadelphia yeah, he's got, yeah, Eagles. Yeah, yeah, you got to win. Uh, we we talked about this on the mailbag show last week. I think the only thing at this point that could stop this season from being a success is a first round exit. Um, and and luckily, I think the Bucks know that as well, and they want the ultimate goal. They want another Super Bowl. That's what everybody is there to do. That's why you re-signed all your starters. That was the goal from you know the Super Bowl parade, the boat parade, Jason Light and Bruce Arians made it well known that, hey, we're going for two and uh, we ain't stopping, end quote. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you so much to all of our people in the live chat for tuning in. Our buddy Tony Baloney questions, watch party. Listen, I'll tell you, um, I am very superstitious. We, we, we have, we have. Obviously, I wouldn't be there, but we've talked about it. We, and, we have uh, talked about the possibility of doing a watch party. But I will tell you, the reason we picked the Washington football game uh, to be the watch party is because going into that, when we planned it about eight months ahead, we said, "Man, there is no way 
well well that was also when my my vacation and stuff oh and yeah but we were also be. like you know they, they're probably not gonna lose this game we should be able to host it everybody has fun and then now that washington game is looked at as one of the most cursed games of the season so uh this season no we are unfortunately we are going to be done with the watch parties because if we do one in the playoffs and the bucks lose in the playoffs i'll ne- <laughs> i will never forgive myself like we we probably wouldn't even do a podcast anymore I think that probably it probably be the end of the show, right? Um, so watch parties are definitely coming soon in the future, but uh, you know, probably not. Not not, not, the, not for the playoffs. Yeah, not, not for the playoffs. Sorry, man. But would love to have you guys out there, and 100, percent we'll have one in the works for next year, if not multiple, because uh, you know we have the ability to make that happen. But appreciate you, uh, appreciate you asking about that one. Sorry, I had to address it, but. It is what it is. Playoffs are here, baby. Follow well, the also sh- like yeah, it's a, it's a watch party. Like, but the Bucks are playing home games, so go go to the stadium. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for watching. Follow the show on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore Daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. The postseason is here, folks. We'll talk to you a little later on this week with a special edition of the Canifier Mailbag Show. If you want to get your takes and questions in for that, hit us up. The line is always open, Podcast at gmail.com. You can also message us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to leave a comment on this video, with a specific take and or question, we'll make sure we address it on Wednesday's mailbag show. And uh, actually, if you're over on our YouTube channel, we should have some great content for you between now and then. Subscribe if you haven't. I am Rhett Matthews signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, and as always, go box. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.